We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on everybody welcome to the week 11 pro football focus fantasy show here on roto grinders i am Britt divine uh joined this week uh, by mr ian harditz uh ian it's been uh you know we're over halfway into the season uh it's been a fun season i love doing the show but uh the the show goes on there's always more games there's more data there's more dfs there's more sports betting it just uh i guess i'm just gonna miss the nfl when it's over man Show goes on. Yeah. And hey, hopefully uh, we have some XFO or AAF or whatever the hell they're going to come. Yeah, what's the rock next, doing uh, that? on the horizon? Exactly, man. I don't want this to end in January. Give me something to do uh, in the spring. But yeah, Gr- yeah, Britt, always good uh, talking to you once a week here on Friday. We have uh, news flying off as it always does uh, during the middle of the show. So we will continue to uh, adjust accordingly. Yeah, I, I was uh, writing down some of my stuff pre-show and Right before the show, I had to switch up a couple of my picks and players because uh, it's looking like it might be hard to spend on a running back this week uh, because all the backup running back value looks like it. It's going to be in play, and we'll get to that a little bit later for DFS. Uh, but we always like to lead off the show with your mismatch manifesto over on Pro Football Focus. It is free uh, for you guys to go read. You can go just search Ian Harditz, search by date, and you'll be able to find that pretty easily in their little PFF search bar. Uh, we get new people all the time here on Roto Grinders, on YouTube, on the podcast feeds. Uh, if someone is new, uh, let them know what the goods are, and then we'll get right into it. Yeah. So basically, 
every time we talk about matchups, regardless of the sport, regardless of what we're talking about in particular, it's always just what does the offense rank in this and what does the defense rank in that? And because of that, I just try to combine those metrics, provide some charts, make it really easy to see where are the best matchups and explosive plays, pressure, pace, passing yards, yards before contact per rush and EPA are. So that's what we go through here. And I think it sets a nice little framework for going over the entire slate as Britt and I will talk about, you know, not everything is, Hey, look how good this matchup is. We need to start him no matter what context matters and that is why we give it but starting things off with some of the explosive plays metrics and it's pretty easy to see where the good and bad are this week Dak is looking good Derek Carr is looking good and even Tua is looking good because everyone seems to look good against the Jets uh, more weeks than not so I do think the Dak point um, in particular is the one we can feel best about the thing with Derek Carr man is we have seen his average target depth his yards per attempt everything is plummeting without Henry Ruggs there so Maybe Deshaun Jackson, he gets more involved in the offense. He remembers which way the end zone is and all that. And he improves it. But until we see that happening, I'd just be a little hesitant to go too far in on the Raiders bouncing back. Some guys that aren't set up quite as well, Carson Wentz and Trevor Simeon. It looks like Taysom Hill is out with the foot injury. Like, Britt, I don't understand – if Taysom's not in there, I get it. Like he's not healthy enough. We can't do it. What are we doing here with Trevor Simeon? The guy is a some of his parts quarterback. The Saints have come out and said, Sean Payton himself, that Simeon, like you can't fully blame him because the weapons aren't good. What better time would there to be to kind of make this offense this weird run-heavy Taysom Hill show? I think it'd be now, but whatever. That's why I'm not paid the big bucks, I guess. Yeah, I think they should have. Well, he had the concussion and now the foot injury. I would have just gone with Taysom Hill, but I'm not a NFL head coach. Uh, I'm, <laughs> same as you, we don't get paid millions of dollars to make those decisions here. I went out, and I was talking to our producer pre-show. The Raiders, they look lost without Henry Ruggs. You know, he has his own personal stuff, but their offense just cannot work without that deep threat. Darren Waller is getting completely shut out, and we've just been wasting money rostering him for 10 weeks now after that week one blow-up game. Um, I think I'm finally completely out on Darren Waller, so he will have the big game this week. But I do agree that Raiders offense, I was looking at the the blitz Derek Hardy's projection system. It really liked Derek Carr. Uh, I might have to override that come Sunday personally because I like that. Uh, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes type offense in that game. Uh, let's go to pace. What games are expected to have the most amount of plays? Because this is what really drives fantasy performance. You have good players in games with a lot of plays that should be back and forth. This is where you get those outlier performances. Cowboys Chiefs game of the week looking like the fastest one as well and I really appreciate uh, the NFL you know making their primetime schedule have all these faster paced games we've got Steelers and Chargers Giants and Buccaneers popping as the next ones not the best for our main slate concerns but still nice to see you know some better offenses out there on primetime we'll see what Big Ben has to say about that though I guess uh, the other matchup is Cardinals Seahawks and just depends if Kyler Murray is going to be out there or not I lean no Brit they have the bye coming out Colt McCoy while he's not a good quarterback will probably be a top 40 quarterback for the next like 10 or so years. Again, you just gonna keep racking up backup quarterback checks. No Hopkins already ruled out. So I think it would make sense if Cole was back under center and they run not quite at the same frequency as we're used to seeing some of the slower paced matchups, Lions and Browns and the Ravens and Bears. So Ravens Bears, we saw Khalil Mack get ruled out. I want to see what happens with Latavius Murray uh, in Hollywood Brown. There's a lot of injury stuff going on in all these uh, situations, but I 
do think the Ravens could have some success in the line of scrimmage, but it reminds me a little bit of last week in that Seahawks Packers game where we kind of looked at it and it was like, yeah, maybe we can see these offenses playing well, but also there might not be really enough plays for either side of the ball to make a ton happen. I kind of start to get that feeling with the Ravens and Bears, the way these pace numbers are looking. Yeah, the Ravens are a team I was looking to bet this week. And then all the, the news with Mac and uh, Allen Robinson has come in in, yeah. in my favor. So that one is looking like a, a pretty good one, in my opinion. Uh, scrolling down on your article, again, if you guys want to read through this in a little bit better fashion, um, it is one of the better articles out there in terms of just game information. Uh, you can check that out for free over on Pro Football Focus. Uh, let's get to pressure rate. Uh, this is good for offenses that keep pressure off their quarterback. And maybe we can find some DST random weeds uh, to get us to a top of a tournament in here. Uh, what are some good pressure stats this week? Yeah, the guys that look really screwed, uh, Carson Wentz against the Bills. Bills are number one in EPA per play against the Like pass. number one in everything in defense. And the run. Like, they're just so good. Exactly. So, you know, Carson Wentz, he's been playing more good than bad over the past few weeks. But, you know, when you stop facing the Texans, Jets, and Jaguars, things could get a little bit more problematic. I just hope he's upright enough to get Michael Pittman eight to ten targets. We'll talk about that in some tournament plays a little bit later. Also, Tua and Joe Flacco looking pretty mad in the Dolphins Jets game I know we want to play guys from either team because the matchups are good on paper but at the same time the answer might just be no because this could just be uh, you know hogwash of a game not looking too good on either uh, scenario some quarterbacks that should have some time to throw though Kyler or Colt McCoy whoever's was under center against the Seahawks team that just can't really buy a pass rush in recent years also Dak and Baker Mayfield it'd be nice if we could get behind anyone in Cleveland but you always got to wonder will Baker play more than five snaps before he gets hurt mid-game again and we got Donovan Peoples-Jones having a midweek injury issue like I, I don't know Britt there's no pass catchers in this offense we can feel good about like lost in the whole like let's shit on Odo Beckham no pun intended <laughs> every single week <laughs> every single week it's like Jarvis Landry hasn't scored a touchdown this year I don't think he's had 70 yards uh since week one so it's just the Browns offense it's that's why you know I really wasn't super I'm a Beckham stand, so I don't want to make it about that. But look at all these receivers. Look at all these tight ends. There's just not enough volume and things rotate too much. So despite this good potential for Baker to have a lot of time to throw, it's still probably just going to be Nick Chubb week. Yeah, Baker's saying, hey, these injuries aren't really affecting me. They clearly are. He, he is not very effective at, in the passing game. Nick Chubb, we hopefully is here uh, if we're paying up in DFS. Uh, scrolling down a little bit farther in your article, uh, you've got it as the trench battles, uh, basically yards before contact for running backs. We want our running backs to run as far as they can before they get touched by a defender. And we want our defenses uh, if we're using them to maybe get to the running back, uh, you know, sooner than allowing them to, to scamper down the field for many, many yards. Uh, what are a couple of good offense? looks like the Ravens. Maybe we can use some Lamar Jackson uh, in this game. I like that one. And th this Dolphins, this, this one's just, just so tough here because you got Miles Gaskin who gets, what, what does he have a hundred touches in the past two games and make like negative five rushing yards or something like that. Cause that offensive line so bad. 
uh, try to make some sense. Gaskin is gaining some steam uh, for DFS usage this weekend. It's like a stoppable force versus a movable <laughs> object here that we got going on because Jets are dead last in fantasy points per game allowed the position. If Gaskin is going to get there, I think it needs to mostly be through the pass game, which we know he can do that at least. So I think Gaskin's fine in this spot. And Malcolm Brown is again out another week. So there is the potential, you know, like we saw it on Thursday night, really, when Quadri Allison kind of came out of nowhere to just take that job. That's the only concern with Gaskin. When you have someone that's been this mediocre for like this many weeks in a row, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing ever to have like Salvin Ahmed just randomly kind of shoot up to the top of the depth chart. So that's the only concerns there. But some other situations we can feel a little more clear about. The Cowboys, you know, I was looking ahead to our GPP picks. Brett, I think we both like Zeke Elliott this week, potentially, uh, depending on how the game script goes. The Chiefs are looking good. We got to figure out if Clyde edwards Larry is for sure going to be out. But if he is sidelined, Daryl Williams, I think, makes a lot of sense off of as a pivot, maybe off Mark Ingram. He could be pretty chalky himself. Uh, we'll see how that kind of goes. And also got the Bills and Ravens uh, popping pretty well. Um, additionally, with the Ravens, again, I was trying to look and see if Latavius Murray is going to be playing. I imagine he will. He was practicing throughout the week, and they cut Le'Veon Bell. But if for some reason he's not good to go, then we actually have Devontae Freeman much more ingrained as the feature back, where before it was him, Latavius, or Bell, and now we take away Latavius and Bell. We can feel a little bit better about Freeman, who isn't totally washed just yet. Some of these backfields that could have a little more trouble establishing it on the ground. Jaguars, the Washington football team, and or excuse me, sorry, wrong read there. The 49ers, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Bears are looking a little more iffy. I would say out of this group, though, like remember, volume can overcome some of this. So if Elijah Mitchell is going to be sidelined, Jamichael Hastie's still out, like Jeff Wilson, don't get scared off of him just because of this, because we shouldn't be getting scared off of anyone when they can get 20 plus touches in a game. I think that's true to a slightly lesser extent for Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. Definitely still the lead backs in their backfield. Uh, just with Jacobs, we still see Richard and Drake get some work. And when Montgomery I think will be the guy but we still kind of have this elephant in the room of what is Damian Williams role going to be when all these guys are healthy so it was usually the Montgomery show earlier in the year but Williams did get back to a full practice this week and hey like we'll see what happens there so all right let's take a look at the combined yards per drop back this sort of goes with the explosive plays we want our quarterbacks to be able to chuck it down the field with ease uh, what are some quarterbacks poised for some big plays Ian, everything is coming up roses in this Dallas-Kansas City game. This is good. It's going to be really popular in DFS. We'll talk about that. But but Dak, I, I like the Cowboys straight up. They didn't make my list of, of picks in here. I think they're straight up the better team than Kansas City. Yeah, I um, D- Dallas is looking really good in basically all your charts this week. Cowboys, then we're seeing the Cardinals and Browns pop up a little bit again. So the, I guess the one difference here that's worth uh, mentioning is the 49ers. Like I want Trey Lance to be out there too, but credit where credit's due. Jimmy G's been playing much more good football than bad over the past three, four weeks in particular. So this Jaguars defense, they're really good at pressuring the quarterback and they're good against the run. Not so much when they got hold up for a long time downfield. So we know Debo Samuel always capable of getting his, but don't forget about Kittle, maybe even Brandon Ayuk this week as well. All right. And then finally, we've got EPA per play. Uh, how's, how's this looking so far this season um, on taking the underdog that has the better EPA per play? I know we have some EPA per play running back stats we'll talk about uh, a little bit later here. 
Um, but what's looking good this week? Anything we can gleam into either in the sports book or for DFS? Yeah, I haven't been tracking the specific numbers, but I think some of the hits it's actually had straight up on these underdogs with the money line might actually give it a profitable number that, for the that year. That's looking juicy. And yeah, we got the Cowboys sitting at plus two and a half and also even the Saints at plus one and a half, which I don't really disagree with either. Seeing Philly kind of get the benefit of the doubt against the Saints team where Look, it hasn't been pretty, but at the same time, you know, they beat the Buccaneers. They were a possession. They were a two-point conversion attempt away from tying it up against the Titans. Like, Simeon has kept them in these games for better and for worse. It'd be a lot easier to stomach this if it was three or four, but I do think it makes sense for the Saints are the better football team, I think, overall than the Eagles. We'll see if the quarterback difference can really make up for it. But, yeah, man, the Cowboys, like, I don't – look – the league figured out seemingly, at least for a couple of weeks, how to slow down Mahomes and everyone. They faced the Raiders who just decided, hey, screw all that. We're going to continue to run cover three every play like we always do. And the Chiefs absolutely ripped it apart. So maybe the Cowboys take a page out of the Raiders book and say, we're going to do us, you know, screw Patrick Mahomes. Or they actually do a smart thing and actually start playing the coverages that have been given this uh, offensive troubles, forcing them to dink and dunk their way down the field. I tend to lean a little bit more towards the latter. So, and then that's just not, not even talking about the fact that this Cowboys offense could outscore the Chiefs offense if everything is clicking for them. So, yeah, I mean, just based on everything we've seen this year, I think the Cowboys are pretty clearly the better team. Now, when you have that trump card, Patrick Mahomes, who can be the best quarterback alive any given Sunday, I understand. But two and a half points, man. I, got, I don't know if anyone should be favored over the Cowboys really these days. All right. That's going to wrap it up for uh, Ian's article, The Mismatch Manifesto. Again, if you want to go check that out over on Pro Football Focus, it is free. Uh, and if you weren't watching this live, right, on YouTube, um, you can. Well, if, actually, if you are watching this live, uh, give us that like. Give us the subscribe. Get access to all this stuff over here. Check out Ian's stuff over at PFF, and you'll be on your way uh, to a good fantasy week. Uh, all right, let's jump into the sports book, uh, the sports best this week. And it, to me, it seems like it, it makes sense, right? The sports books seemingly are getting a little bit better with their lines. Earlier in the season, I just thought some lines were really far off. Um, so I, I had to sort of dig a little bit this week. And I like uh, all of your bets. And of course, I like my bets too. So the one I'm, I'm really eyeing uh, for sure. I mentioned I like the Cowboys. That, that would have been my fourth. Uh, but my favorite one of the week is going to be the Dolphins, who are just uh, plus three against the Jets here. This makes absolutely no sense. Aside from getting absolutely run out of the building by Buffalo and by Tampa Bay. Um, the Dolphins have played every game close. They've been in like every game. They just beat Baltimore. Um, their defense is finally healthy here. This makes no sense to me. This should be like six points or seven points. Joe Flacco, is he better or worse than Mike White? I don't know. It's just like this whole Jets organization. Why are they playing Joe Flacco? It makes absolutely no sense. Let Mike White ride out there, right? Just, just throw him out there. See if he can it do it It makes no again. sense. One week leash for White after we were getting those pregame yeah. reports. Like, it come on. Dude, it, it makes no sense here. So the, I, I think the Jets are legitimately one of the bottom three teams in the league. The Dolphins have played a lot of close games. Their defense is starting to get healthy. Um, they should be able to get some sort of run game going, although their offensive line is just so bad. Um, I think they win this game pretty easily. And I think that plus three is a, is a gift from the sports books this week. So uh, the dolphins are probably my favorite uh, out of the three you have, which one would be your favorite? Ian? Out of these 
three. Let me get her up real quick. I am feeling especially good, I would say. I think the Bengals minus one, yeah. man. They're coming Love off it. a bye week. Like, look, this defense has been had a couple times. I'm not saying they're world beaters, but I think it's a situation where the Raiders don't deserve the benefit of the doubt right now with what they're doing on offense. I already mentioned kind of the rugs effect and everything it's had. And, like, your best case scenario, I think, if you're the Raiders, is keeping up with the Bengals offense. You should be able to put up all kinds of points against that cover three scheme. Burrow, PFF's fourth highest graded quarterback when facing cover three third and yards per attempt like this just seems like a nightmare matchup for the Raiders the way everything's going I also like the Packers minus one and a half against the Vikings I just think that looking at this Packers defense man they've held Kyler Mahomes and Russell Wilson the 34 combined points over the past three weeks and I feel like when teams have these great defensive stretches we kind of just find all these excuses to write it off but we got to give them some credit you know for some of these performances same thing when the Bills lost the freaking Jaguars and everyone instead of giving the Jaguars a little bit of credit it was just like oh what's wrong with Josh Allen and company so answers probably usually somewhere uh, in between the the two sides but just something to keep in mind that this Green Bay defense has looked great meanwhile Minnesota all year we've seen they don't really have the coverage to stand up to a lot of teams but what did they have Daniel Hunter to get that pressure he's been out since that Cowboys game so Justin Herbert and company they wouldn't throw the ball 20 yards downfield against them last week I think Aaron Rodgers and them might so just one and a half points in the dome defense he threw seven touchdowns against last year I like Rodgers and company to get back on track and then find the Seahawks plus two it's just a situation for me where I'm with you Britt I don't think Kyler is going to play and from that point we're making Colt McCoy a road dog going into Seattle like no I'm going to bet on the Seahawks there I know Russ didn't look good last week by any stretch but again Colt McCoy arguably looked even worse in that short stretch and I know Russ looked bad but it was that brutal for McCoy for however long he was out there so and that's the other part like McCoy's been limited with his pec injury all week so we have an injured version of Colt McCoy going into Seattle as a favorite could not be me it could change if Kyler plays but again just don't really see that coming with the bye coming up so Packers minus one and a half Bengals minus one and Seahawks plus two yeah I like all of your bets too to round out a mine uh, I like the 49ers minus six and a half against the Jaguars so the Jaguars defense has obviously stepped it up uh, especially after that win against the Bills and we sort of saw it uh, again a little bit last week uh, against Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz but the 49ers I think um, just as a whole team, coaching specifically in offense, one, one, the Jaguars offense is completely pathetic right now. So Lawrence hasn't been able to basically do anything. Uh, if the 49ers get up in this game by a touchdown, I think that backdoor cover um, by the Jaguars is extremely unlikely. And even without all of their running backs, it doesn't really matter. Shanahan will scheme up something and the 49ers will be able to run the ball all over Jacksonville and basically grind this game out. Uh, so I like that one. And then uh, I don't like to get too exotic, but the Bills um, and the 49ers, if you were looking, I like the six-point teasers. Those are those are sort of my weakness in, in sports betting. <laughs> um, the Bills brings it down to minus one, and the 49ers brings it down to a half a point. Uh, you put those two together on a teaser. Um, seems pretty powerful combo, crossing you know the seven, the four, the three, all that sort of fun stuff. Um, that That's probably my other bet that I like quite a bit this week. Uh, so that's going to do it. For our sports betting section, I actually wanted to throw out uh, uh, there, there's some good props. You mentioned you like the Bengals. Um, if anyone plays on like prize picks or sports book, uh, the Joe Burrow passing yards 
uh, is a little light. It's like at like 250 this week. Uh, go take the over on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. go hit the over on that one. Uh, that's one of my favorite plays of the week over there. Um, so before we get into some position chatter and talk DFS, uh, let me tell you guys about Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Uh, you can buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download it now for a 100% deposit match up to $50 using promo code GRINDERS. So you deposit $50, you get a free $50. That gives you $100. So get this, if you happen to lose in your first time, your first market, playing on Jock Market with your $100, they will refund you up to that first $100. So you get a risk-free shot to buy and sell players in real time. I've played on it. I try to do it just about every week. It's fun. You can do it before. You can do it during the games. Uh, it's a fun little uh, different way to play DFS. Uh, go check it out. Use promo code GRINDERS uh, for that 100% deposit match up to $50. All right. So if you aren't jamming in all your free money on Jock Market, uh, there are regular DFS to play. We like to focus uh, more on DraftKings. And I think earlier in the week, at least at the quarterback position, Ian, I was sort of looking at Cam because I expected him to play all the snaps. And I saw a blurb came out where Cam Newton's going to play the first play of the game, but PJ Walker is still going to play some. So I think I have to tone down my camp. Your lineups look so good. If you can jam cam in there at 5,100, but I think I'm going, I'm going up because you've got Dak Prescott at what? 7,200 and Mahomes. you get a discount on Mahomes. Like these guys should not be this cheap in this game. So I think going to one of those two quarterbacks is where I'm really looking for in cash games. There's enough cheap receivers. And if, you know, if we get Jeff Wilson, if we get Dante Foreman, we've got AJ Dillon, we've got James Connor, we've got Mark Ingram, right? The che- There's enough cheap running backs for us to pick from this week. I can find the extra money to get one of those elite quarterbacks. And when I can do that, I think that's what I want to do this week. I think it's fair, and you're right. Look, the lineups look so good when we can actually get Cam and there. We can get all the way up to Tyreek and Christian McCaffrey without too much of a problem, but I think probably just getting off one of those guys will give you enough salary. Go ahead, get up. I would say Dak Prescott, like I don't really want to mess around with Jalen Hurts here against that uh, Saints front seven that I think really is one of the better run-stopper units in the league. So, yeah, I would lean towards trying to get up to Dak, and yeah, if we hopefully we hear more words Sunday morning that it's going to be cam for the whole time because like what are we doing here you clearly signed cam to be the starter you said like during the week that he'll take most of the first team reps if he's ready to start he'll start so now he's ready to start but we still might put walker in there for some reason like we're not getting a change of pace here this just doesn't really make sense to me why you would rotate the guys so maybe cam just becomes more of a term and play but yeah even if we're looking 60 70 percent snaps that's problematic so yeah i'd say getting up to dak makes more sense in cash with some tournament though we've talked a lot about joe burrow already don't need to go too wild but i just think there's a lot of opportunities in that game to be able to go still contrarian with it burrow higgins is going to be chalky so go to jamar chase even tyler boyd you can bring it back pretty easily with maybe hunter renfro back-to-back top 12 weeks without henry ruggs or your guy darren waller maybe just maybe this is the week and also uh, aaron Rodgers. i talked about that uh, packers minus one and a half being a spread i like and yeah he didn't look good last week but do we really think this vikings defense can cover adams and Rodgers when they're clicking i really don't so that's another situation where pretty easy to go rogers adams and bring it back with jefferson or Thielen if you so desire 
Yeah, speaking of quarterbacks that didn't look good last week, uh, how about some Russell Wilson this week? Because if you get this Colt McCoy injured quarterback, right, there, there could be some – no DeAndre Hopkins. He's already out. He might not even play after the bye week, right? So how do you not want a shot at Russell Wilson, to Tyler Lockett, to DK Matt? They have no running backs this week. Everyone's hurt. Alex Collins isn't going to play. Why wouldn't you want to take a shot at Russell Wilson to a Lockett to a Metcalf Lockett's price is very reasonable. So is DK's. You're never going to get these guys to be able to stack them this cheap pretty much ever again. And if somehow Kyler Murray plays, maybe it becomes a back and forth game, but I almost want Colt McCoy to play because that's just shorter fields, easier touchdowns. And you, you just got to sort of hope that Russell Wilson is over his finger injury and he's able to throw the ball a little bit better downfield hit those out routes a little bit better. So I think that's a really good one. And Hurts in a cash game, definitely not this week, but in a tournament, he's starting to play a little bit better. They're they're finding out what, hey, we've got Devonta Smith. Let's get him the damn ball because he's, (laughs) you know, he was the Heisman Trophy winner and he can separate really good and he's becoming the true alpha. You got Dallas Goddard. He's in there that you got Quez who's actually playing pretty good and he's a reasonable tournament flyer. So you've got some players to stack with them. Um, you know, you can maybe try to do something. Maybe you, let's pretend Mark Ingram seems to be like the one, if you were going to bring it back where the saints sort of get the lead and are able to hold it. And then maybe Hertz has to throw the ball a little bit more. That looks pretty good. I think you could play Hertz alone because, um, if I'm correct, I believe he dominated the Saints last year running the ball when they played, uh, yeah. had over 100 yards, him and Miles Sanders. So there's just a, a little bit uh, a, a juice in the in the Hurts game this week. I think he has some upside, and I think we're both on Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is probably my favorite tournament play, uh, and our ownership seems to be more on Derek Carr. I'm going to say that reverses by the time Sunday rolls around. I think more people will be on Joe Burrow than Derek Carr. Um, but I'm okay. I, I'm okay. I usually look for like, I like Russell Wilson as the low on quarterback. I like Hertz as a reasonably owned quarterback, but I, this week, because we have all the cheap running backs, I, I'm sort of interested to see where the ownership falls because it's very easy to make the Mahomes stacks, to make the Dak stacks, to make the Joe Burrow stacks this week, because we have all these cheap running backs. I don't know if you have to get too crazy. Maybe you just go off the board at tight end or wide receiver or something like that, and you play the guys who you know are going to really do good um, in that KC game. I like Burrow. Um, the one guy I'm willing to take a shot on is, is Russell Wilson for sure. So that's going to about wrap up the quarterback position. Uh, let's move to running back, and I'll throw it to you first here for cash games. So between we've got Dylan – I think Ingram, uh, I, Kamara didn't practice today. That just came across as we were doing the show. So it looks like he's probably not going to be in the game here. We've got um, James Conner. We've got this Jeff Wilson is reasonable. I think he's 5,100, so not ultra cheap. Uh, we've got Dante Foreman with McNichols out, who looks like he's solidifying himself as the back to own or use instead of Adrian Peterson. Which one of this what, what is it, quintuple? What I forgot. <laughs> uh, my sixth grade math isn't very good here on what that's called. Uh, I know the quartet's four. I forgot what the five's called. What, which ones of these guys are we actually using? 
for cash, I want Dylan for sure. I just think that he really, I mean, we have Jones and Kylan Hill got, you know, put on IR a couple of weeks ago. With both those guys out of the picture, we're looking at true 80, 90% workhorse role and probably the slate's best matchup, Minnesota. One of just three Ds allowing positive EPA per run play this year. From there is where you can get a little tricky. I think if Elijah Mitchell is out, I would prioritize it, Jeff It Wilson. just came across uh, Elijah Mitchell doubtful to play. So I would almost doubtful. consider him out. All right. Well, in that case, let's go with Jeff Wilson, 5,100. Similar thing. Like, it's not just that we have Mitchell out now, but also Jermichael Hasty has probably been ruled out. He didn't practice all week with the ankle injuries. So when we can take away two of the three backs in question, that's going to set these guys up for all kinds of success. So with James Conner, I know it's a great matchup against the Seahawks, but if Colt McCoy is going to be out there, you know, you would think that Seahawks, the Seahawks could just load the box and at least do a pretty good job against him. I would like to get up to McCann. McCaffrey at 8,900. It's just a matter of if we're actually able to afford that much getting up at quarterback. But, you know, I guess the kind of question becomes, Britt, I think I would, we got Mark Ingram there too, who's fine enough. Like, do we want to try to go get McCaffrey? Or we'd rather have you want, you want Ingram, you want Ingram or Wilson. Let's try to break this down a little because these guys are going to become ultra popular as, as the weekend progresses here. Would you rather Wilson over Ingram? You're, you're going to take Wilson over Ingram? I think so. What <laughs> how do you feel about that um i mean i think i'm how do the 49ers always do this every single year they just have like 16 different running backs and they all come into play every week here Uh, i think that what about the 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 dylan ingram wilson combo yeah and then we can go pretty good and yeah, and that might be the move because then we can go up and get Tyreek or Devontae. Uh, yeah. I think probably Tyreek over Devontae just because I don't want the Packers running back and wide receiver uh, without Rodgers in the same lineup if I can help it. So that might be the move. And it, it sucks not having McCaffrey in there, but when we can get three guys that are 6,200 or cheaper and we can reasonably expect them to see 20 combined carries and targets, it's a pretty uh, tough situation to be fading. So Dylan... Ingram, Wilson, I think that probably makes the most sense, Britt. There's some other guys you can dabble with if you want to go, Connor, if you want to go up to CMC. I think they're quote-unquote cash game viable, but just in terms of what this will let us do with the rest of the positions, getting off CMC, as painful as it is this week, I think it might make the most sense. Yeah, for tournaments, though, so the ownership is definitely going to congregate on the cheaper running backs this week. So I think CMC becomes the ultimate. He totally flips your lineup around in tournaments because you're going to be spending up on him And then maybe you don't have Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams that everyone else is going to be using in both cash games and tournaments. So I think CMC becomes a really great sort of flip your whole lineup construction around technique in tournaments this week. We were both on Zeke. Um, I'll I'll let you talk about Zeke. Why do you like Zeke so much as a tournament play? My main reason is I think the passing game in that Casey Dallas game is going to get all the attention and Zeke just sort of flips that around for you. Yeah, I think it's just natural leverage. I mean, that's how easy it is sometimes is look at who are the highest highest projected owned wide receivers and then go pivot to the run game uh, for that matchup. So we talked about before in the yards before contact uh, yards before contact section of the mismatch manifesto. Cowboys are popping off well in that. Like this Chiefs defense, you can run the ball at them. And hey, maybe Patrick Mahomes and company are fixed. 
one of their nine, we see the Cowboys build a lead, and all of a sudden, Dak has one of these games where he only has to throw the ball 25, 30 times. So, Zeke, we know he always has two touchdown upside. I mean, his quote-unquote problem over the last two weeks has just been both these Cowboys games have been over by like the midway point in the third quarter, which, hey, I mean, this game, even if the Cowboys don't blow out the Chiefs, if it's just a closer back-and-forth game, I think we see Zeke getting back to those 20 combined carries and targets without too much of a problem. But, yeah, I think your main point Point where it's like hey everyone wants cd everyone wants cooper gallup dak go get the running back and the other guy i like is sort of josh jacobs uh I, I think the raiders are they're definitely lost on offense but jacobs what's his one thing that's always been lacking for him has been the passing game work on the ball yeah, yeah that, that's creeping up he had five targets and i think he caught all of them in his last game here and I think they're going to need it because I, I like cincinnati to be able to do basically whatever they want on offense Uh, As long as they don't, well, even if they get pressure against Joe Burrow, I don't really know if that's going to be too big of a problem. Isn't Joe Burrow's like one of the best against pressure, correct? Yeah, no, he's, he's great. Or or the blitz or something like that. One of those two, Um, but especially the blitz, I'm sure it goes hand to hand with pressure. Yeah. So Jacobs just looks like it in theory too, I like Renfro and maybe Waller might be somewhat Renfro is going to be reasonably popular. Who who thought Hunter Renfro would be one of the most consistent receivers uh, in DFS, but that's happening. But Jacobs gives you a little bit of leverage off of that. If he finds his way into the end zone, he's almost going to get you tournament value because he's going to get his 15 to 20 rushes. And instead of getting his one to two targets, you know, five to seven targets is certainly in his range right now. So I think Jacobs makes some sense as a low on tournament play. And especially with everybody going to these cheaper, lower tier running backs, um, just spending up a little bit more on a guy like Jacobs, uh, I think can bring um, maybe move you up the leaderboards just a little bit in a tournament. Uh, you got some other names down here too. Um, Michael, like Michael Carter is a, that's a Mike White play, right? Is that still a Joe Flacco play? <laughs> I think it's more so Mike White. Like, yeah, out of this group, I guess my main point with this, you know, similar to your rationale with the Zeke, this is more of just kind of ownership leverage because everyone wants Dylan, Connor, and I'm assuming Jeff Wilson and Mark Ingram are going to be the next guys pulling in the most ownership because of the injuries going on. So don't ignore the guys that are all around them and also have some upside, Michael Carter and Miles Gaskin in that gross Jets-Dolphins game. Hey, man, they can always catch eight to ten passes. I would say with Flacco instead of White, that might be reason enough to get off of Michael Carter but he still is the lead back looking at probably 15 to 18 combined carries and targets so we can't completely dismiss that I think the two other guys I'd be a little more interested in Daryl Williams if we get confirmation that Claude Edwards-Alaire will not be activated Andy Reid wouldn't really commit to it today we'll know that by uh, midday on Saturday David Montgomery man at 5.5k maybe one of my more favorite ones because we can also and with Khalil Mack on I guess we don't need to stack him with the Bears defense actually particularly with Lamar uh, not dealing with that illness for the moment. But with Montgomery, yes, we do need to wonder what's going to happen with Damian Williams coming back. But that really was only week one that we saw them actually have this be any sort of committee. It has been the David Montgomery show otherwise. And that was the case before their bye. Like there was a that was Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers that maybe, you know, all your DFS diehards weren't paying as close attention to. And then we had the bye week. But he came back. First, first game off of the IR, 
played over 80% of the snaps and really relegated Khalil Herbert to a true backup role. So that wasn't c- confirmed, man. Khalil Herbert had been playing great. It wouldn't have been surprising to see them ease Montgomery back into the rotation. That was not the case at all. We could see even more running than ever with Allen Robinson doubtful with that hamstring injury. I think David Montgomery, even if it's not the most efficient, uh, you know, uh, performance in the world, if we can get 20 touches from anywhere, man, that they should be on your radar, particularly when we can pivot away from guys like Ingram, from guys like Wilson, who, you know, maybe aren't necessarily in the best, better over overall situation uh, if you are watching this live on youtube uh, please click the like and subscribe button uh, it helps other people find this great show uh, that ian pours his heart into every single weekend and if you are happening to be watching this live and sometimes hey it's friday at three o'clock that can be a little hard to do uh, you can subscribe to the roto grinders daily fantasy football podcast feed to get this and just about every other show delivered to you uh, right to your phone uh, however you want to take in your podcast, uh, tons of good information available to you uh, if you want to choose to take your information in that way. Uh, all right, let's go to wide receiver and let's duke it out at the top here because what's going to be a very big choice for almost everyone because we have all the cheap running backs is we have Devonte Adams at 8,400. We have Tyree Kill at 8,200. Ian, I don't know if we're going to be able to get both of them. This is one of the bigger decision points, I think, and it could make or break if you cash or don't cash this week because I think the lineups are going to start looking pretty similar, especially as you move up in stakes for cash games. Putting the the tough question to you, who's your cash game high-end wide receiver this week? I think we got to go Tyreek, right? Why do we want to go Dylan and Devontae in the same lineup? I know the Packers are more concentrated than a lot of these offenses, but I mean, I'm still more confident in this Chiefs-Cowboys game blowing up than I am the Packers-Vikings game. So with Tyreek, I mean, look, credit to Trayvon Diggs. I think guys that give up a lot of yards but return with the interceptions, like we need to cut him some slack for that, but we'll take it in fantasy land. Like this is why the Cowboys, really, if you look past the turnovers, haven't been that great of a defense defense this year turnovers are great in real life but we're not playing real life we're playing fantasy right now and because of that I think Tyreek is in a spot that really isn't as worrisome as a lot of people would think he has been someone that they just feed the ball week in and week out if you just look at guys this year in terms of gains with at least five catches Tyreek and Devontae are right there tied for second with eight games with at least five catches so I don't know that Devontae necessarily has that much higher of a floor than Tyreek even these days which I feel like would be the reason why we get behind them in the first place i don't think there's any doubt as to who has the higher best case ceiling in this potential you know just shootout of a matchup with the cowboys and packers so i think tyreek checks those boxes and i think tyreek with how they're using him now it's not just the deep play ability that you you sort of used to get the boom bust uh, out of them it's a lot more all these teams are playing these defenses where he's getting these short shorter routes and they're starting to use him in the red zone red zone being creative uh, around the goal line with them uh, i think it is tyreek hill for me as well up at the top here after that i think the lineups start to become pretty similar um, in that mid 5k range you've got a couple of good plays you got t higgins is at what 5300 and then opposite him you've got renfro at 5800 um, which one of those would you Renfro? He, he's been getting it done since Henry Ruggs has been out. He's become basically the focal point of that offense. The defenses are focusing on Darren Waller as they should. And it's just leaving Renfro 
wide open for all these PPR points and end zone targets. And it's, it's looking pretty good this week. That mid-tier is looking pretty good between those two. It's only, it's honestly been like that all year. I mean, that's that I just mentioned. So this is it. So most games with at least five catches a season, Cooper cups got 10. Here are the guys tied with eight such games, Devonte, Tyreek, Keenan Allen, Brandon cooks, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, and our guy Hunter Renfro. So he's really been consistent even before this has happened. We've gotten, I think, even just more overload uh, without rugs in the picture. But I still kind of lean towards Higgins here. Again, all over Burrow this week. I have more faith in the Bengals offense than I do the Raiders. And if you look at Higgins versus Chase, in their seven games that they have played together, Higgins actually has one more target than Jamar Chase has. So it really has been 1A, 1B with Higgins and Chase, with Tyler Boyd being the distant third option. It's like 50 seven to 56 targets between those top two guys Boyd's all the way down in the mid 30s so I think in the second half of the year I'm not saying Higgins is going to overtake Chase or anything like that but we're going to see Higgins be much closer to Chase than I think he was in the first half of the year not concerned enough about this Raiders defense again just refusing to get out of their comfort zone to try to take away what their opponents do best but hey you know I think both guys are more than viable if you want to like this is a week uh, Britt where sometimes you know it's just hard to even get off the same cash game lineup I don't think this is necessarily one of those someone wanting to go up to CMC and not go up to a Tyreek or Devontae and instead be okay with Higgins and Renfro, maybe Michael Gallup. That's not the worst decision either. Yeah. You mentioned Gallup. He's sort of the 42. He's like the cheap wide receiver. I think most people are going to be on. I like to play. I assume you do. Um, Doesn't didn't really stand out last week, but in this game, in this offense, all it takes is one play. And even if he gets four to six targets, that should generally be good enough at that $4,200 price tag. Yeah. Yep. And he was out there, you know, as much as we would expect the snaps are down only because again, that game was over freaking by halftime more or less. So Gallup uh, should be out there doing his thing. You heard the man himself. He said, he said today, get, get your popcorn ready. Uh, what about tournaments? Uh, there's quite a few ways to get different this week because I do believe this will be one of there's, there's quite a few games. Um, what is there? 12, I think uh, 12 going this week or, or 11. Uh, I think the ownership is going to get pretty congregated for that big of a slate when, you know, on the nine or 10 week games, it gets really condensed. What are some good tournament options? Uh, I was sort of looking, I like Stefan Diggs. Uh, I would have liked Beasley to maybe not be playing, but it looks like Beasley is going to be off the injury report, but Indianapolis, you can't really run on them. The bills don't want to run. Why can't Stefan Diggs continue his alpha-like performance from last week against the, the, the Colts there, allowing the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers? He should be under 10% owned. And according to our gridiron IQ here at Roto-Grinders, uh, Indianapolis is allowing the highest success rate on passes in the league. Uh, so even if Be- Beasley isn't 100%, give Diggs those chain-moving um, targets, the short ins and outs, the comebacks, along with having the big play and red zone ability uh, I think he should be one of the the, the more prioritized differentiations uh, on, on some tournament teams this week. Particularly if this stuff we saw happen last week ends up sticking. Before, it's really been Beasley, Sanders, and Diggs almost being used equally in this offense. That's why Diggs wasn't having his usual, you know, top five weeks that we were kind of expecting. But just looking at the snaps from last week, Diggs was at 79%. Big drop off, Manny Sanders, 60%, Gabriel Davis, 52%. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie played more snaps than Cole Beasley last week. So even if Beasley is going to be active, there's a real chance that he is limited. And they're basically just kind of rotating Sanders and Davis along with Isaiah McKenzie to help figure that out. So nobody.
nobody other than Diggs had more than three targets in this offense last week. So if they're going to condense it around the guy like that, he could go off in this spot. You know, the Colts, I think they have a good scheme and everything, but when they face a true talent like Diggs in this offense, I mean, we saw what AJ Brown did to this defense a couple of weeks ago where like it was everyone knew where the ball was going, wasn't much they can do about it. So always just more of a volume thing for Diggs. He should have it there. So I like that call couple points here uh, we've talked about these quarterbacks but just kind of stacking them appropriately if you're going to go with joe burrow realize that higgins is the chalky asset so getting him with jamar chase maybe even tyler boyd or cj uzoma could be a good way to differentiate that stack in tournaments i think metcalf and lockett going with the russell wilson play make a lot of sense top two and most unrealized air yards last week both uh seahawks wide receivers so would anticipate that coming back around i think one of my favorite plays though is michael Pittman at just 6.1k I know this Bills defense is scary, but if you look at Pittman, really over the past month, the only thing that stopped him is a lack of volume. And this does seem like the game where we could see the Bills get up by a good amount, force the Colts to not just be able to hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor every other play and have to do something about it. So Pittman, seven or six or fewer targets in four of his last five games. The those were all beatdowns of the Texans, double-digit win over the 49ers, beatdown over the Jets, game against the Jaguars that was never really as close as the scoreboard indicated. And then between that, we had an actual back and forth game against the Titans. Pittman racks up 15 targets in that one. So I do think he is the alpha in Indy. Tredavious White isn't shattering single wide receivers. And we're looking at a guy that everyone's going to be uh, scared of because of the matchup. So if you are going to go with anyone in this the offense obviously Jonathan Taylor has his weekly upside but I think Michael Pittman is someone we shouldn't be completely sleeping on um you want to talk Tyler Boyd everyone like Chase for sure Higgins people is going to be very popular Uh, you got Tyler Boyd in here and he's he's just like the forgotten son in that Cincinnati offense Right. And I mean, I said before, I think it is more Chase and Higgins, but for a one week sample in a tournament, you know, weirder things have happened. And with Boyd and Beasley and some of these guys, like people just see this slot receiver with the lower average target depth and they assume they don't have upside. Like you look at Boyd this year, he has a nine catch 118 yard game. He scored a couple of times, like just because it takes you 10 catches to get over hundred yards doesn't mean you don't have upside. We'll take that over five catches in hundred yards, eight days of the week. So with Boyd, like if you're in season long land no i wouldn't be super hyped about it but again just getting off that higgins chalk i think boy gives you a chance to do that all right let's go to tight end here to wrap it up so like the cheap tight ends are usually always what we want to use this week we do have though those cheap running backs but i still think that the cheap tight ends ian are where we want to go there's a we got a new one this week uh we've got a john bates from washington he's creeping in here uh with both uh we had logan thomas he's out uh, Ricky Seals Jones, he's out. John Bates, the dead minimum, 2,500, should probably play every snap. And the, the Redskins just seem to throw the football four to five times a game to whoever's playing tight end at the dead minimum. You could use him. If you want a little bit more of a known quantity, you've got Cole Komet. Um, you know, now you've got Allen Robinson out uh, against the Ravens. And I think the Ravens should probably win that game. So maybe some second half Cole Komet numbers. Um, could help you uh, do pretty well this week. It's just like the Darren Waller. I know he's 6,100, but I just don't know if I can do that. Kelsey's at 7,100. It's still just cost prohibitive on DraftKings to use a guy like Travis Kelsey because it just, it makes you not use Tyreek Hill. It makes you not use Patrick Mahomes 
And I think I want those guys more than spending all of my salary on a tight end. So I'm sort of on the, on those cheap tight ends. I think Bates is going to become ultra popular as the weekend goes by. Um, and you sort of remove the projections from the Ricky seals Jones and give that to him uh, at 2,500 that gets you instead of going to, to, to a bare minimum defense, you can actually pick a good defense that you want this week. Um, so, uh, so I think I'm going cheap. How are you approaching it? I want to go cheap to commit at 3.4 K. I don't want to go all the way down debates. Like this is the cheap tight end trap. Like this is the <laughs> Ryan Griffin type play. Like Ricky Seals Jones was a converted wide receiver. John Bates had 47 catches in 23 games of Boise and scored twice. Like this is not someone with a rich history of being a great receiver. This is someone that people are only getting behind because Washington, for whatever reason, just gives their tight end a three down, not, not even a three down, a four down 100% snap roll regardless of who it is so seems like logan thomas still on ir with the hamstring not exactly on the verge of being activated so if you want to sprinkle it in there and save that money i guess man but this does seem like a situation where we could easily see two catches 20 yards and no scores meanwhile we got commit more targets on the way with Allen robinson out like we've already seen commit actually show some you know five to six catch upside in this offense. And having watched him for two years, I am actually confident that Komet is what we could call an above average receiver at the tight end position. So now I think Bates is, you know, smelling like a trap here. I don't want to get behind it. We got Gerald Everett last week with the cheap tight end, but that's different. You know, we can't just look at every single cheap tight end and assume that they're actually a viable receiver. So I'm pretty much out on that. I'm cool with Komet at 3.4 K, but tournaments, I think it's a little more interesting. Dawson Knox at four, K came back last week, really had his full-time role, just didn't get a bunch of targets, but we know he has weekly two touchdown upside in that bills offense. Might not be a bad idea to put him alongside Diggs and some Josh Allen's lineups. And then finally, Hey man, Jared Goff won't throw TJ Hoggins in the ball. Maybe Timmy Boyle can be that guy to throw it. <laughs> Boyle actually, you know, if you've ever had the pleasure of watching him in the preseason over the years, this guy's a gunslinger. He likes throwing it downfield way freaking more than, than Goff will. And you know, the things he's doing. So with Hawkinson, number one receiver in this Lions offense, whether or not Jared Goff is uh, believing that and against the Browns, I mean, it's not the world's best matchup, but again, Again, Hawkinson, before that goose egg, they had a buy-in before that. He had ripped off three straight top 10 finishes in Fantasyland. So just kind of fading that one-week narrative with Hawkinson, maybe even Mike Jasicki, uh, just realizing you know, we've had more than one week to evaluate these guys uh, in the season and trying to go back against last week's goose egg, I think does make sense, attorneys. All right, breaking news. Let's close out on this because uh, we've got Amari Cooper on the COVID list. He will not be playing this weekend. Uh, so I think, can, can we get like the Tyreek Hill, CD lamb, Michael Gallup with all the cheap running backs and, and something like that's going to be pretty popular here with Cooper out of the way here, lamb. So lamb's priced up on DraftKings, So it's going to be a little bit tougher to get to him. Gallup is certainly going to become very chalky. Um, so I think the Higgins Gallup then mix in one of Tyreek or Devontae Adams. Like that's, that's what I think is going to be like most people's cash games. What's your quick take on this? Is there, does Schultz become a little bit better? Cedric Wilson's going to be in there as a tournament flyer. Uh, what, what would you do with this Amari Cooper news? Why is he, oh my gosh, this, this, aren't you supposed to have 24 hours for two negative tests? Does that mean he's not vaccinated or whatever? Cause he's already ruled out. Um, I have, I, I, don't, I have no yeah, idea. He's already I out. 
Well, that's what I was just wondering. Like, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but that would seemingly be what it is. Whatever. He's out. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, now I want to get up to CD lamb, I guess more than anything, but this guy, I don't know, man. It's a change that much in terms of what we're thinking of this. Gallup for Gallup for Gallup. Gallup's going to be like the highest receiver now. Yeah, that definitely helps there. I think freaking Cedric Wilson is banged up too. So let's see. All right. Wilson has been practicing in full this week. So we'll probably have Gallup on the outside, CD on the outside, Cedric down the middle. I don't think it changes too much with our cash game build, though. We weren't on Cooper or really Lamb anyway. We'll continue to fire up Gallup and go from there. I mean, Gallup's good enough where I don't think, like, losing Cooper and, like, losing kind of, you know, having more attention of the defense on him is, like, enough of a reason to really be fading um, this guy. Still a great spot, and now we're just looking at even more targets than ever. So all the Michael Gallup and, uh, you know, CeeDee Lamb, I think it just has a chance to completely blow up here because that guy is pretty damn good at the game. All right. One of the fun things of doing this show on the Friday afternoon is we actually get some reaction to late breaking news. So uh, excited to see how that plays out over the weekend. Uh, Ian, we've got to get out of here. Uh, there's a, a lot going on in the fantasy football world, fantasy basketball world. If you want Roto Grinders Premium, whether it's football or all sports combined, you can get that for one price or just uh, you can option out each individual sport. Great package there. Uh, you can go check out Ian's stuff over on Pro Football Focus. Check him out on the Pro Football Focus pod, the stuff he does with uh, Dwayne The Rock uh, Johnson. And you've got uh, Andrew Erickson uh, are some of the best pods in the industry. Make sure to go download that and subscribe to that as well. And uh, Ian, I think we're going to get out of here. So uh, happy week 11, everyone. Good luck in all your games. For Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, listening, downloading, liking, subscribing, whatever it is you're doing. And we out you.